Pocket. This podcast is about film, episode four of season two. It is great to be back in the hosting chair once again, and today we will be discussing Marriage Story, directed by Noah Baumbach and starring Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver. Perhaps a more apt title would be Divorce Story, because it's less about a marriage and more about a really, really, really bitter separation between these two principal characters. And um, without giving too much away about the specifics, um, which I'm sure we'll delve into later in this episode, um, basically uh, the the story opens with um, the two characters sort of listing all of the things that they love about each other. And then from there, it kind of all goes to hell. (laughs) And it it shows a a pretty multifaceted um, uh, expanse of of the conflicts that they go through when they're trying to sort out the divorce and and custody and, and other messy and emotional things and um yeah it's on netflix and it's really good in my opinion um and now with that out of the way general impressions who would like to go first uh i guess i can jump in because Mm -hmm. um it it sounds like mitchell might have a dissenting opinion on this Mm um i i I just want to say i think marriage story is actually a very apt title because i think the, the mm-hmm. whole point of that is that you kind of learn everything about this marriage and about these two people and the yeah. way they interacted through their divorce. Um, but this is a movie that I like. I like it a lot. Um, last time when we were discussing it, uh, I said or I referred to the fact that at the time I thought of it as being basically a comedy. Um, no, I'm not going to totally stick with that. Um, because I think on a second view, the more tragic aspects of the movie do stand out. But I'm not going to stand down from the fact that I think this movie is very, very funny, and I think it's trying to be very, very funny. Now, there are bits of it that are very, very sad, too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the notorious argument scene where uh, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson kind of shout at each other and uh, sort of get violently angry with each other. That's a very sad moment because they're kind of seeing the total downfall of this once loving relationship in this moment. But, you know, scenes where Wallace Shawn is going on lengthy rants about how he used to be a hot young actor who got a Tony in his 20s, that's meant to be funny. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it succeeds in being funny. Um, So this movie for me, I give it a four out of five. Uh, Last time I watched it, I gave it a three out of five, but I bumped it up this time because of two specific scenes. Uh, that we might discuss later, but uh, being alive and then the ending scene where, um, or close to the ending scene where Charlie reads the letter with all the things that Nicole uh, loved about him. That that really hit me on this viewing. So those two scenes for me bumped it up to a four this time round. But a movie I enjoy, very funny, very sad, I recommend it. Excellent. Hmm. Well, (laughs) I had to play some serious mental 4D chess to uh, get myself to... (laughs) watch this film entirely mm. and try to be happy about it <clears throat> and um oh should i start with the the bad news or the good news <laughs> first start with the bad news okay <laughs> so it's gonna be a a butt there's gonna be a butt that'll okay. describe my actual <laughs> okay. there often is a buzz um i did not like this movie <laughs> yeah. i did not like the movie at all um i am not generally a fan of this genre um with few exceptions um, I did not like seeing ScarJo and Adam Driver be in the positions that they were in the entire time. Um, I don't like them being in these roles, and I don't. It's not very convincing to me. Um, when uh, when Adam was screaming at his uh, absolute biggest fit of rage in the entire film, I burst out laughing uncontrollably. Um, 
I was on the complete. I was on a completely different emotional plane. Wow. <laughs> there were some very few moments where I was definitely like, I understand. You know, I'm 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 like I'm on the human relatability. You know ship right now we're sailing just fine um (laughs) (laughs) but for like 90 percent of the film i was kind of i just felt like an outsider looking in and what was going on and i didn't feel emotionally invested uh but here's christian's favorite part (laughs) but i gave the film a four out of five because it is very well made i really like the way that the aesthetic was executed even though i do not like those color palette and the 1.66 by 1 ratio and 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 i generally don't like those things but it's very cohesive the performances are actually very well done i i think that's inarguable i i like adam driver in this more than i do as him playing kylo ren and i'm not exaggerating I okay. think he, well, I agree with you there. Yeah, <laughs> but he he de- they definitely execute this role these roles very well, and their son you know is is very realistic. The whole all their conversations they have are so uh, muted and neutral, um, as I'd mentioned in my Twitter review, that it's kind of it, it's kind, it's always emotionally frustrating to see them just be normal and having to deal with these things um, externally. Uh, as they, you know, as the divorce affects their relationship. Because really, really the film's more about the divorce affecting their relationship rather than the relationship itself. And I really appreciate that originality. Um, and I have i don't think I've ever seen anything done like that before. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the and the lawyers came off as very, they chose great actors for the lawyers because I don't really like any of the actors very much. Um, <laughs> well, I like Ray Liotta. No, um, Ray Liotta's okay. Yeah, Ray Liotta's okay. But, uh, yeah. you know, my boy Alan was okay in MASH, and uh, he's in, he's not the best person. <laughs> he's really funny in this, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, like, and the, the courtroom scene was also, you know, kind of just really showed what, how, how the relationship was valued in, in reality. Like, if you put a legal label on this whole thing, this is how it would play out. And they have no say in it whatsoever, pretty much. Yeah. So um, it's just interesting how, you know, their loss of control of everything. Um, and plus, just in general, the neutrality that you feel as an, an audience member not appealing to either one of them. Uh, that dynamic is also very hard to pull off, and I think it was pulled off really well. So that's why I gave it a four out of five. Sure thing, totally fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can I completely understand why someone would find this movie com- uh, entirely unenjoyable. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I, I I think I think everything you said was was for the most part fair. Um, and and um, I want to address the the uh, the uh, laughing out loud at the uh, when Adam Driver <laughs> loses it. <laughs> I will say generally I am kind of with you uh, in terms of like other scenes of that caliber. Yes. <laughs> like, um, I've actually never seen the movie, but the one with um, with Tobey Maguire and Jake Gyllenhaal and Natalie Portman, and there's the yeah. one scene oh, where Maguire's just like trashing the kitchen and screaming yeah. at. Her. <laughs> yeah, that's not a very good movie. That, that scene is very like unintentionally funny. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I, I, I don't know if we saw that on Instagram or something. He like slams I, the cupboard at one point. Yeah. And that's the funniest thing. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. I, I don't know. Maybe I just can't. Um, Maybe Tobey Maguire's got the Elijah Wood gene, where, where I can't unsee him as Peter Parker, yep, <laughs> which probably doesn't it. help at all. But um, it, it, for this scene, though, I, I want I want to say that it did work very much for me, mostly because I felt there was like there was much more of a build up there, and um, 
it, it felt more natural to me. And um, I, I would, I, I'd like to pat myself on the back a little bit because um, our first outings with ScarJo and Adam Driver are not um, Marvel or Star Wars. So yay me. Yes, yes. good, good <laughs> and, work, um, son. That's specifically yes. a pat on Christian's back there. Yes. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm becoming more more cultured. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I will go. I, I really love Adam Driver in this, like, to the highest degree. I, I would not quite call this my favorite movie, but I think Adam Driver as Charlie Barber in Marriage Story is probably my favorite performance in, in a film. Mm-hmm. Um, bold statement. Uh, I, I reserve the right to retract that, but um, off the top of my head... I, I, re- I really don't think there's anything that quite hits me as hard as, as his does. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I agree with Zach, like, in terms of the, uh, the dichotomy between funny and sad. Like, I think it's there. And, and the funny moments are kind of what would keep you afloat, you know, if, if it was just uh, – and, and um, e- even though it is sort of like um, portraying the deteriorating of a relationship – uh, what makes it so successful to me is that there's always that little underpinning of uh, you understand that these two people really loved each other mm-hmm. uh, when they did and yeah. still do to some extent. And the, the happy parts of, of that couple and um, their time together and, and their time after falling out are still, are still there. And um, to me, if, if, if it was like all drama all the time, it would be exhausting and not as real. So I, I do think that comedic half is is pretty important and um, worth noting. So I, I, instead of uh, dogging you for calling it a comedy, Zach, I'm going to choose to agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to point out, though, um, even though you do see that genuine love that they shared, I think it's also a very... I think it's a, a, a nice point that the movie... The divorce, I think, is well-founded in this. Um, it's not like, oh, this loving relationship isn't a tragedy. This is all a misunderstanding. Like, yeah. Nicole at many points uh, criticizes Charlie for being selfish. And I think through right. the divorce and through the flashbacks and through his behavior in the film, you do see that he's kind of selfish. Kind of yeah. th- these divides that they note between the characters are, you know, well, well-founded. And it's not like this is an unreasonable divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. that it's good that sure. they show the love as well as the sort of did a dissatisfaction in equal measures. And that's the biggest strategy of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that that's that's a good point. And I was going to save this for later, but I've got a sort of impossible English teacher question that has no good answer. <gasps> no. Um, oh, I love those. Whose fault is this? Uh, is it, it's is God's it Charlie's fault? fault? Is it Nicole's fault? Is it freaking, what's the kid's name? Is it? <laughs> it's Walt Whitman's fault. Is it Henry's fault? <laughs> I think it's fault Noah it? Baumbach's fault. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> it's Noah Baumbach's fault. Well, uh, mm, I think, as in many cases of divorce, I think the situation here is that it's not really anybody's fault, and everybody mm. is kind of at some kind of fault. Cop out. Um, I'm interested. <laughs> This movie is kind of partially autobiographical because it's kind of based on Noah Baumbach's own divorce from Jennifer Jason Lee, I think. Um, I wouldn't know. So I, I'd be kind of, I haven't, but I'd be kind of interested to read into that actual divorce and see maybe who appears to have been more at fault there um, because that might shine some very interesting light on the way the characters are portrayed in this film. But I would say here... Charlie has definite issues, but I think Nicole has definite issues in having not expressed those issues and not being able to kind of stand up for herself against Charlie. I think they're both partially to blame for what's happened in this film. 
And like the worst thing about it is that it's all like natural progression. Like there's no, yeah. there's nothing that really comes up in either of their lives that's that you know doesn't make any sense. Everything everything makes sense, and it's not only just because both of them have reasonable expectations and reasonable morals, but it's also just because you know life happens to everybody, and you know they have ups and downs, and that's you know. But Charlie's the director, so it's all his fault. <laughs> Yeah, no. That, if he just wasn't a director, he wouldn't be having this problem. Honestly, that's, that's <laughs> I, I'm not going to say that that's not true. Gee, thanks, um, guys. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, um, well, if I had to pin it down to one person, I would say it is uh, Laura Dern's fault. Um, Laura Dern. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, I didn't have this option on the test. No. I didn't you know right in were allowed. Uh, okay, to get the spin team on this before this all falls into disrepair, <laughs> I, I think that Laura Dern turns in a very good performance as herself. And um, okay, you don't I'm need the to spin stop. team on Laura Dern. She's she's yeah, terrible. I've, I've <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, all right, I'm Zach, not gonna let that stand. Nope. Go no. defend defend Laura Dern no. before we we go. I crazy. think Laura Dern delivers a great performance in this. Now yes. you can say she feels artificial and fake, but I think that's the point because this woman is a lawyer. She lies for profit. That's like her entire job. Well, Ellie Sattler doesn't lie for profit, Zach. Her entire life (laughs) is building these fake personas to appeal to different people. We never see her at home. We only see her when she's with clients and other lawyers Mm. and in the courtroom. So, of course, she's going to come across as fake and schmoozy because she's constantly schmoozing people. Like, the whole point is that she's, like, the smug older woman who's been able to get everything her way or at least tries to present it that way and we never really see her as a real person and i think the her performance in this fantastically portrays that and as somebody who's seen a lot of laura dern movies um i've seen her in a lot of david lynch stuff i've seen her in a lot of different stuff from the 80s not just jurassic park and this um i think she's great in almost everything i've seen her in this included well guess what zach I haven't just seen her in Jurassic Park in this. I've seen her in Jurassic Park, this, and The Last Jedi. <laughs> so you can go... Okay, uh. you can't blame an actor for the faults of the writer-director. But right? you can blame it on her personality in Jedi real life. Discussion. But Zach? I think the faults of that character lie on Ryan Johnson and not on Laura yeah. Dern. It's all Ryan Johnson's fault to be I agree. With all right. Now to, to really, really get the spin team on it. <laughs> yes. um, I actually agree with you, Zach. I spent a lot more time on this viewing. I want to say this is either the third or fourth time I've seen this movie. And um, I, I took great care to, like, deliberately um, partake in uh, being an audience member in <laughs> Laura Dern's moments. And... Um, Everything her character does is calculated, like everything mm-hmm. from the beginning. Yep. Um, when when Nicole walks in, she's got like these freaking like bread scone cookie things Biscuits, yeah, or yeah. whatever, and and it's totally a play to like hook her in. And she she plays relatable because she's got her kids and she cusses in front of her kids too because haha. Because right? f that. And when she <laughs> takes off her shoes, they even focus on it. That's like a very mm. very calculated. Yeah. I'm a regular person. Look at me being casual moment. Uh-huh. Right, right. And the two moments, I, I still think her character is, is kind of, to me, the biggest villain, honestly. Mm-hmm. And and the two moments that make that for me are um, the one where she gives a really powerful speech at first glance about how the mom has to be, like, so much more perfect than the dad. Which, okay, is maybe true, yeah. but it's also true that in, like, 
most divorce cases, uh, overwhelmingly, the mom is more likely to win custody um, if there's a dispute. And um, if not full, then then more custody than, than the father. That's that's just um, what tends to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, you know, I, I think it, it paints her character well to sort of um, obfuscate those biases as, as she sees fit. And um, the second moment is uh, towards the end when she's like, at the last second, I, I switched it. So instead yeah. of it was 50-50, it was 55-45. And Nicole was like, I didn't want that. And so I, I, I think... Zach, I think you sort of mentioned this, and Mitchell, you mentioned it um, with when we were talking about the lawyers more abstractly. Mm-hmm. Um, they are kind of, um, I guess, I guess more actively the villains in this, but um, I, I don't know. It, it's still, I guess, Nicole is the one who who decides to turn to the lawyers before Charlie, but but I, I don't want to suggest that it's that it's um, Nicole's fault because it's not, and no. like you guys said, um, it's complicated. Uh, like Nicole said, it's it's not as simple as just falling out of love. There's yeah. there's so much more going on, and Charlie is definitely flawed, and you know the 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 discussion and then the back and forth is what makes it interesting, at least to me. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm glad we delved into that, and I'm glad we found some common ground on Laura yes. Dern, even if. Um, <laughs> wow, I, I you know Zach, I I just I just want to give you some more credit here. <laughs> the more I watch movies with Star Wars actors. The more I realize that Star Wars is bad. Oh, I mean, like every time I see Natalie Portman do something amazing, I'm like, gosh, George Lucas sucks. Every time, like, it's just and and, and Zach is the enlightened one. Yeah, enjoy this, Zach, because I'm not going to give you many more moments like these. You're never going to give a moment like this again. I, I just like I don't know. Like you said, it's more of an indictment on the director, writer, whatever. Yeah, but I mean, we Star Wars has all this amazing talent, and I feel like most of the talent does their best work elsewhere. Yeah, and you know, oh, that, uh, I knocked, I knocked a keyboard on the side here. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I think that is just a little bit disheartening as yeah. a Star Wars fan. Anyway, we don't want to get too much into the the last Jedi thing. So, moving on from that, um, direction. Noah Baumbach has become one of my favorite directors in recent times. I've been watching a lot of his other movies in my free time, and uh, I think. In this movie in particular, it's really crisp. I like the the quirky aspect ratio because it's different and artsy and fun. Different but, artsy and fun. Well, it works for this film. <laughs> it works for this film. It yes. works for this film better yes. than it does when you're like making teenagers from the 2020s wear stuff from the 70s and then like drive a 50s car. I'm like, please stop. Yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with what's going on. <laughs> I'm not really sure what that's in reference to, but... Anything. I, I <laughs> Zach, do you want to do you want to take the floor? You you Noah take the Bombach. floor before I sure. before I kill somebody. Wow, N- Mitchell is very angry. I don't think I've seen this angry ever. Wait, um, I haven't seen. Wait, I've seen Fantastic Mr. Fox. Is that a Noah Baumbach movie? No, that's Wes Anderson. Damn, um, I think he produced that. Okay. okay. So, in terms of Noah Baumbach, because we are rapidly saying goodbye to the rails at this moment, I'd like to reintroduce us. Um. I like his direction quite a bit. Specifically, I like how observational it is. Um, He's not a director that I think of as very visual. Um, His films don't feel especially storyboarded or planned out to me. There's no shots in them that I go, oh, the the framing there and the use of a rack focus and composition. Like, he's very much a director who puts things in the frame. Like, if you walked into the room and just looked at the situation, you'd go, oh, that's about what it would look like. 
Um, but I think that that suits the stories, because he tends to do very kind of down-to-earth, human, dialogue-based stories and scenes, and a really stylized visual voice doesn't necessarily work for that all of the time. So mm -hmm. I, th I do think it works here. Um, there's maybe not any specific shots that I can remember, but the focus is more on the script and the performance here rather than the direction and the cinematography around it. Mm -hmm. And I had mentioned in my review that I felt like it was really isolated, and I think that's on purpose. It's yeah. like, you know, yeah. art housey, like, uh, you know, aesthetic, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I will mention, yeah, I will mention that I was not a big fan of the music. I don't know if we're going to talk about it or not. Are we going to, Christian, maybe? Yes? I wasn't planning on it, but um, feel free to talk okay. about it in brief now. I, I Like Zach had said, I like when it was focused on the performance and the dialogue and things like that um, far more than I did anything else um, that was going on in between. Um, especially the, the, you know, the, the Schindler's List up music. Um, oh. <laughs> and the orchestral, I didn't, I didn't feel like it matched that well, in my opinion, um, mm -hmm. even though I thought, it was, okay. I thought it was fine. But, I mean... But yeah, anyway, sideline. Um, I'm back on the rails, Zach. Don't worry. Um, yeah, I like the plot was very well, uh, you know, developed. Like Zach had said, I, you know, this, it didn't really feel like it was planned out at all. Um, not in the way like, you know, the sequels of Star Wars were uh, not as much. Um, anyway, uh, yes. Low blow, low blow. <laughs> it was The progression felt very natural. It felt like we were literally following a story of a couple that was going through mm -hmm. this. And I thought that was definitely a, a very good way of directing it and um i do feel like the the still shots and the very occasional panning and things like that really worked for what was going on it was subtle enough and and you know passively intrusive i guess than that it wasn't yeah. um you know i just thought it matched everything else that was going on so i i have no complaints about the direction i haven't seen a baumbach film before so um yeah it was fine Yay, I'm glad to have introduced you to something you don't like very much. <laughs> and rated highly for yeah, some reason. My world. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll take the four, though. I, I, do, I, yeah. I understand not liking it, and I do appreciate that you gave it an honest try and, and are, are commenting critically on it, Mitchell. I, re yes. I really yeah. genuinely do appreciate uh -huh. that. Um, and just to touch on the music real quick, I want to say it was uh, conducted or arranged or written or whatever by Randy Newman who um, oh. is, has another Pixar connection, as it would happen. That does make so, sense, um, though. I, I can do yeah, that. It does have that sort of um, homey feel to it. So, you know, I think it's like a nice tablecloth, but I don't really, you know, it doesn't really make or break the movie either way for me. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. <sighs> Ending thoughts. I think I think we've covered a lot here, and I know uh, while we may have ran off the rails a bit here and there, I, I, kind, of, I kind of like that that approach sometimes i think mm -hmm. it lets us cover more things and yeah. um you know aptly adjust to, to w whatever's on our mind so uh, closing <laughs> thoughts what, what else do you have to say and w uh, feel free to trash the sequel trilogy one more time <laughs> um I, I mean i think i've said everything i need to say about the film one of my favorite gags in it though just to bring up one final thing i didn't get to talk mm -hmm. about there's a scene where uh, nicole is filming a show um, and they're like talking about how she has to hold the CGI baby. And at one point, one of the directors, there's like a grip that's like, kind of like joking yes. around with her. And one of the directors like off camera goes, why is there always a flirty grip? I can yes. confirm as someone who's been on sets, there is always a flirty grip. No way. Yes. Is this a thing, Zach? Is this a thing? There is always a flirty grip. Even if it's just a friend of yours that you happen to know, somebody's always going to be the flirty grip, no matter what kind of set you're on. <laughs> Wow, that you know that makes so much sense yeah. to hear out loud. 
Okay, Mitchell, what do the, you have to say uh, for yourself? The most disappointing moments were the ones where I was like, of course Christian and Zach are going to appreciate this more than I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those were the worst parts for me. <laughs> Any time where you guys could relate to this and I couldn't, I was mad. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was going to mention that I did find this film funny. Definitely not like it's a comedy, more like it's a film that Mitchell doesn't like. But I I, <laughs> I, 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 I really like the dichotomy of, of that, you know, and I... I I don't know. There were some parts where I just didn't know if I thought it was funny or not. But the the parts that were obviously intentionally supposed to be comedic were comedic to me. I thought it was, I thought it really worked. Um, and I think the lawyers being lawyery uh, was um, and and also kind of combining with their personalities that we've seen in other films also uh, really yeah. worked well. And I thought even though all three of them were lawyers, I felt like they definitely had their own individual strategies for coming at the situation, how to win for their clients. And I thought that was very, uh, you know, very clean cut and, you know, artificial. And I thought that really worked for what uh, the director was going for. So, so yeah, you know, you can take my four and uh, you're not going to get that ever again, but <laughs> I you, will unless take you it do this to me again. I will cherish it. <laughs> yeah. I'll try not to, but no promises. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, yeah, I I love this film. Um, I really, really love it. I, I don't know. Did I even say this at the beginning? I may not have. I gave this a five out of five. I, I really, really, really love this film. Cannot be overstated. Um, earlier today, I did something a little crazy. On Letterboxd, they give you uh, four slots for, for your favorite films. Oh, God. You did And um, a couple hours ago, I, I added Marriage Story and I removed uh, Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire. Uh, there's something wrong with you. Oh, my goodness. There's something wrong yeah. with you, dude. We this, got him. This is a big deal. This is a really big deal. We got Zach him, is... but not in the way we intended. Cinephiles <laughs> of the world, we've ensnared Christian yes. Merrick. Yes, Zach has, has ruined me. Zach has made me even more pretentious. Zach, this whole operation was. was your idea. <laughs> and I'm a little okay with it, honestly. I, I love this film. I love this film. Zach uh, drew attention to, to two moments: um, the "Being Alive" uh, uh, so- sung by Adam Driver, which which I adore. It feels very natural, and yeah. um, I, I can tell like just the slightest bit that Adam Driver wishes he didn't have to do it, but it kind of <laughs> makes it even better. Adds for me. to Charlie's character. Yes, and 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 uh, the, the the ending scene where he's reading Nicole's letter, and and the part where he where he loses it and wishes she were dead. Um, really, really solidifies Adam Driver as like, yes. Oh, I, I really cannot think of another performance that I like as much as his. I, so, I, I'm so sorry. I just I had one little note on that scene where he's reading the letter. There's a tiny little scene, a, not scene, tiny little moment where he reaches a point in the letter where she wrote about like the alcohol and violence in his past, and he kind of mm, skips yeah. over it. He goes <laughs> ah, yeah, and then skips over it. I think that's great. I don't know if that was in the script or if it was him, but that's such a parent thing. Like, I remember my own, like, parents doing that when we were, like, reading a book or something when I was a kid. Like, that's such a, all right, we got to make our way around that. It's, like, such a, like, a real-world parent technique. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and it's... It's a nice punctuation to to Nicole sharing how he he loves being a dad, even the parts that you're supposed to hate. And um, it's just a a terrific bookend to, to what is... Overall, a pretty uh, pretty fraught movie, and it, it really does begin and end with some semblance of of affection, yeah. mm-hmm. and I think that is nice and and fitting. 
despite the film being really sad. Okay. That is it for Marriage Story. Moving on to our segments, bits, whatever you want to call them. First up, more me. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Magical cinema. I think we do week in review first. Oh, my goodness. Great. Good golly. Christian got so into himself. Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) We talked about Star Wars, too. Oh, gosh. I'm I'm, I'm becoming more like Zach and Charlie Barber with every passing day. Just don't pass out on the kitchen floor. (laughs) It's quite terrifying. Why don't you talk about your weeks? Oh, my goodness. Okay, um, I, I, I will go ahead. Um, I finished The Thick of It, but it's a great show. I'm not going to talk about that, though. I Good. really do recommend it, though. The <laughs> last okay. episode is, like, one of my favorites. Uh, instead, I'm going to kind of bend the rules of Week in Review. Of course. Um, and there talk about any. something I made rather than something that Ooh, I watched. Okay. Um, for the past five months, uh, since about mid-January, I've been working with the uh, Austin, Texas-based uh, reggae rock band Kairos, uh, I've been making a music video and a lyric video for their song Rich Rat Rhapsody 2 off of their latest EP, American Traditional. Uh, you can find both of those on the City Mist Productions YouTube channel, by the way, uh, which might be where you listen to this podcast. I don't know. Um, the band kind of describes their music as Tarantino-esque, so I made huh. a deliberate effort to kind of include aspects of Tarantino pastiche in the music video. Yeah. Um, but I also wanted to kind of infuse my own uh, influence as well from people like Alfred Hitchcock and Dario Argento and Brian De Palma, specifically kind of towards the end of the video where things get a little a little more weird and kind of traditionally <laughs> me. Um, so I, I'd recommend you, you check both out, and I'd also recommend that you check out Cairo's other songs on, on Spotify. Um, yeah, give, give them a listen if you're interested. Oh, I you second, got me I, interested. I second that recommendation because I saw you. the videos. Yep. Definitely match the aesthetic. I'm, I'm a, kind of a subtle fan of reggae, but that's, that's for a different discussion. That's an entirely okay. different Cookie Pocket episode. Um, I saw the, La, the Lost Battalion. I almost chose the other movie, but now I'm choosing The Lost Battalion. Um, it's an A&E made-for-TV war film, and uh, made in 2001, and uh, Rick Schroeder's in it. And, um, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I definitely can see why people would think it was aged. I felt like the color palette was kind of weird because it's World War One and it's like brown, and then all of a sudden oh. somebody gets shot, and then the entire screen's red. <laughs> but um, but for the most part, I thought it was really well done. Definitely some influence from uh, Band of Brothers, or at least some. I think some people uh, that worked for that team worked on this one. Um, but yeah, I, I I thought it was okay. Definitely a good Memorial Day film uh concerns uh a battalion or rather a few pieces of a battalion that are lost in the woods uh in the argonne forest and they're completely surrounded and they're kind of like a thorn in the side of the german line and uh, the germans keep trying to deal with them and they keep living because they're americans they're new york gangsters (laughs) and um with an an, texan and a montana guy are in there too so um yeah it's very reflective of the times and uh anybody who's a fan of you know memorial day you know american american exceptionalism <laughs> in some ways um and just world war one in general I, I recommend it um just knowing that it's a made for tv film and it's not supposed to be like a theatrical really yeah. well-made thing but um but yeah go check it That's... out cool oh I, you know i wasn't i wasn't planning on doing this when when we when we started this episode but um I've gone so far down the path of, of falling out of love with Star Wars today that I, I think I'll keep going. Um, today I watched 
uh, either episode four or five of Star Wars The Bad Batch, which is um, something of an animated uh, a, a sequel TV show, Disney Plus original, that, that follows the Clone Wars. And it follows this um, experimental group of clones with different abilities and whatever um, after Order 66 and um, after the clones are sort of um, working their way into the Empire and then are phased out of the Empire for Stormtroopers. But um, this particular bad batch or clone force 99 as some 11 year old probably named it um (laughs) they have this like little child named omega who's um an an inexplicably female clone of Django fett maybe who's like still a kid and they're kind of like running around and um some people want to catch omega or whatever and they're like trying to find their place in the galaxy i don't know i i've been kind of dissatisfied with it i know we can review is not usually meant as a uh, as a uh, as a note of of of, of uh, thumbs down and i wouldn't quite call this a thumbs down more like a thumbs in the middle but i'm a little scared of 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 the the fan service demons um just to contextualize this are the past two episodes big spoilers here if anyone is hasn't cares to watch the show well. but um Two episodes ago, um, they they bring in a bounty hunter from the Mandalorian who's a supporting character, and it's like, oh, this bounty hunter. And then um, by the end of the episode, um, nothing has really changed. Um, there's just like some cool chase scenes, and uh, outside of that, pretty much nothing changes for any of the characters, and it's kind of a filler episode. And then in the most recent episode, they go on this quest to save this adolescent child thing from some slavers and it turns out the adolescent child thing is Jabba's rancor before it grows up to be an adult and Bib Fortuna shows up and it's like whoa (laughs) this galaxy is actually so much smaller than it could be I've been saying this for years (laughs) yeah but except it I don't I don't really feel that that was true until now Zach honestly and and I and I I still open this can of worms and and I still think a lot of interesting things are being discussed in the comics and in the books. And they've got this whole new publishing slate called the high Republic where they explore stuff before Phantom Menace with a ton of new characters and new conflicts and whatever. And that's new and fresh and exciting, but I really don't need to see Bib Fortuna that much. <laughs> I just don't care. So I would, I would like to see a story actually being told is what I'm getting at here. Yeah. So, you know, I love Dave Filoni. I love star Wars. Hopefully they, they, they uh, pick it up at some point i don't know so far i'm a little dissatisfied and yeah that's that's my uh gosh this whole episode has just been me uh turning my back on star wars essentially what, what is happening? i'm having the time of my life <laughs> uh, oh, i'm awful, not awful. <laughs> <laughs> okay um magical cinematore yes <laughs> so how's christian doing let's check in on christian <laughs> uh, how are you doing christian yeah oh, seen any God. classics lately I have. It's, it's funny you the should holiday ask. special. It's really <laughs> funny that you should ask. I don't know why you would bother to ask and for a segment that's dedicated to, to me. To... I saw an American <laughs> in Paris the other oh, day. Really? Wow. Yeah, Gene Kelly. You know, it was. It, it, it's fun and. Um, gosh, I felt so silly for not realizing how much La La Land really took from a lot of other uh, movies and having seen West Side Story uh, a bit ago, which I absolutely adored. And uh, now this, which I also really, really enjoyed. Um, it did not diminish my opinion of La La Land at all whatsoever, because I still think that it, it really stands tall. But we'll talk about La La Land uh, in the future. Uh, um, we'll get now, to it. We'll, we'll get to it. 
Uh, and American in Paris, I thought was really great. I thought there was good chemistry between Kelly and the other principals. And the choreography is stunning as always, as, as anything is from him. And, you know, there, there's just something um, really special about, about a classic musical, I think, that, that isn't, I don't want to say isn't achievable anymore, but isn't, isn't something that can be replicated um, with, with anything that, that might be made today. So I, I think it's really special. I think if you like good music, if you like Gershwin, if you like good dancing, if you like a fun time, if you like an ambiguous but artistic ending, um, maybe give an American in Paris a try. Okay. Maybe Gosh, I'm still the host. This is exhausting. You are. Um, we have one more bit. One more bit. <laughs> and it's the rundown, our old, our, uh, you know. I, I forgot the theme song again. I did too. <laughs> okay. So, Zach, are you ready for us t- to hurl miscellaneous um, topics from this film at you as you attempt to salvage a numerical value from them? I, I am. I've heard this is a long one, so I'm ready. It is. We're going to try to burn through it. All right, Mitchell, are you Wait, ready to no, start us off? No, I'm not. Uh, All right, I don't know what that was. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Is that the... <laughs> what is that? Price what is, that? is right. The price is right, probably. <laughs> no, it goes like... There it is. All right, we can go now. I'm sorry. Okay. I really had to get that out. We have to make sure, you know. I don't want Stephen yeah, Har- Steve is... Harvey coming back again. I'm I'm I just want to say to our listeners out there thank you for for wasting almost an hour of your life on us. Okay. Just a survey. Don't worry. <laughs> Zach, I told you not to open the door. <laughs> Steve, get out of here. Come on. Are we going to do the rundown? See, if I get yes, off the yes, rails, you two follow along and it's yes. all your fault. This is the problem. You you are the engine, I am the caboose and we are all going off of a cliff together. <laughs> All right, let's just let's just get this. Okay. Every day I wake up and I want to do the rundown. Okay, <laughs> sixty seconds. Mitchell, are you ready? Yes. Wait, three, do I start? Two, one. Yes, you start. Go. Theater kid marriage. Three out of five. Being competitive. Four out of five. Wallace Shawn saying literally anything. Four out of five. Laura Dern is Laura Dern. Four out of five. Spelling Lego Bionicle. Three out of five. In laws. Four out of five. Tobey Maguire ugly crying. Three out of five. Alan Alda is Bert Spitz. Five out of five. Your mom knowing a thing or two. Three out of five. Somewhere between reasonable and crazy. Three out of five. Casimir and Caroline by Odin von Horvath. Three out of five. Storebot ninja costume. Four out of five. Audience member Mitchell Barsley is Nancy Katz. Two out of five. Box cutters. Three out of five. Silent, absent, unreliable, selfish, pre-90s fathers. Three out of five. Judeo-Christian whatever. Three out of five. Christian not knowing what Zach was obsessed with all the time. Four out of five? Zach Yerkes is the invisible man. Four out of five. New York and LA being the only two cities that exist. Three out of five. Shaggy director. Three out of five. Henry is the audience. Three out of five. Adam Driver being a villain and hating his father. Four out of five. Adam Driver singing and being alive. Four out of five. Adam Driver recklessly using weighted objects. One second. Three out of five. Double Double go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We did okay then. I kind of stumbled. Not, not, not quite all of it. But I can clarify that one uh, if you want. You know what? Go for it. Sure. sure. Nothing is sacred anymore. I said Christian not, now knowing what Zach was obsessed with all the time. That's what I said. Do you understand the reference? It's when it's when Nicole directs and gets Emmy nominated for directing. <laughs> I, yes. Of course. Yes. 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 Um, oh, yeah. That's that's because I am I directed something. Oh, yes. scary. Uh-oh. 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 U
Follow oh, wow. my this main been... Mitch B twenty five J. Lilo. This has been either Mitch. the the best or worst episode we've ever done. I'm not yeah. sure which. Um, who who is the preview? I don't know anymore. I am. Um, yes. So I will now preview the film that we'll be talking about next time. <laughs> um, so next time I'm talking. Uh, we're going to be talking about the first horror film of the season. I held back on my horror this time. Um, we are going to be talking about Bram Stoker's Dracula from, I think, 1991. Um, it's a star-studded cast. We got Anthony Hopkins. We got uh, Keanu Reeves. We got Gary Oldman. Uh, we got Carrie Elways, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. This is a, this is a big movie based on a big book. Um, and it may or may not be a big mistake. But more on that <laughs> next time when we talk about Bram Stoker's Dracula. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Huh. This has been Cookie Pocket. It's been a podcast about film. Mitchell, do you Apparently. have something else to say? <laughs> Me? <laughs> what? No, I don't. It's episode okay. 29. I, I don't know. Thank I'm, you stopping for I'm stopping the train. Stop okay. the train. <laughs> stop the train. Stop the train. Episode 29. Without further ado, then, I'm stopping the train. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Choo choo.